Sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Pro-Life America podcast. I'm Mark Crutcher, as you heard. As you also heard, lurking nearby is my comical sidekick, Sarah Waits. Hello, everyone. Hope everybody's having a lovely day at the end of the summer. Well, Sarah, we had something that came up in the news online here mm-hmm. last couple of days, a couple of stories that are pretty interesting. One of them is that 600 people in the medical community, doctors, nurses, social workers, nonprofit organizations, in the Physicians for Reproductive Health. <clears throat> yes. Which, let's be honest, most of these are people who work in abortion. Now, we all know that the media is uh, just a lapdog for the abortion lobby. Yeah. These people are basically admitting it because they are openly asking the media to abandon what they call the equal coverage. And, Meaning you present both sides to an right, argument. Mm-hmm. And only interview people who are pro-abortion. Do not give any coverage <laughs> To the people who are pro-life. This is so hilarious. I can't believe that they have the media report on this. Imagine for a second that the tobacco industry came out and signed a letter saying, we want the media to not cover anything bad or anti-tobacco. Well, of course, the tobacco industry would never do that because they don't own the media. So they know they would never get away with it, and it would be a nightmare for them. But this is the same thing. and you know, It is the same thing, but these people know they own the media. The reason why they're doing this is for two reasons. In one of the quotes, it says, You are, by way of asking them questions, legitimizing their answers. And it goes on to say that you're helping the pro-lifers build a base. What they are concerned about is them looking bad, and that more people will become pro-life by learning the truth about abortion. They know that's what happened. This is the sort of thing that I have always thought probably went on behind the scenes mm-hmm. between the media and the abortion lobby. Yeah. But now they're not even worried about it. They're putting it right out here in the public and saying, we're just saying, don't do this both sides coverage mm-hmm. on the abortion issue. Only cover our side. Yeah. One of the doctors, uh, Dr. Christina Bourne, talks about very aggressive normalization of abortion to counter what they call terrorism of the pro-life side this doctor also goes on and this just goes to show you why you need balanced reporting the doctor says i think it's important to tell a full story but what we know about abortion is that it's one of the safest things we can do in healthcare. it's one of the safest medical procedures we can do all evidence points to its safety um, I'm going to call a BS on this. Right. There is BS on that. Tell that to Tanya Reeves, well, Irwin Shepard, all these women who have died from their quote, quote, safe abortion. First off, if you believe that, then why would you not want the other side? Yeah. So that you could pick on if, them and expose them. If all them. the evidence proves that we are lying, then wouldn't you want us to make fools of ourselves? So basically what they're doing is they're confirming everything that the pro-lifers have said since day one. Well, and this confirms to me that they can't win if people know even a smidge of the truth about abortion. They have to keep people in the dark in order to keep people on their side. Yep. And another media story we saw covered, there was a proposal in Congress Mm -hmm. that simply would define pregnancy as a biologically female process. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this doesn't seem controversial to me. Yeah. And it shows the degradation of our society that, A, this has to even be done, mm-hmm. that this would even come up, but that, B, every Democrat in the Senate voted against it. Yeah, because they want to be woke, right? Right. In your vast experience, have you ever no. known a male that got pregnant and gave birth? No. If you look online and actually do some discussions, there are a number of trans people who will say that only biologically female people give birth. Or as they're calling them, vagina havers. <laughs> Whose idea was vagina havers? That's what I want to know. Right. Whose bright idea was that one? It's mind-boggling when you think about it. And by the way, we come across stuff every day that we're not going to put on here. It's just too oh, yeah. ghastly to put mm-hmm. on here. And if you don't think that's true, go to our peopleofchoice.com website yeah, and see what kind of people we're going up against. See mm-hmm. what kind of people are on the other side of this issue. And if you're pro-choice, understand something. These are the people that you have chosen to associate with. Mm-hmm. You may try to say, oh, well, they're just extreme and I'm not like that. It doesn't matter. I've seen this struggle within the Democrat Party, and I don't know how much worse or more pronounced it's going to get. It's interesting to see the fracturing that's going on among the left because there's there's a number of feminists who are standing up against this gender ideology. And, you know, it's insane. Just the things that you see every day. And, you know, you're having situations in politics now mm-hmm. where people are running against politicians yeah. Because at some point that politician refused to concede that a man can get pregnant and have a baby. Mm-hmm. They refused to concede that. And so they're not qualified to serve in public office. How did we get to this point? I don't know. And it seems to be accelerating. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is what you alluded to a minute ago. I mean, let's be realistic. The Democrat Party, the once proud Democrat Party, mm-hmm. that there might be people that we disagreed with, but we didn't think they were unpatriotic or crazy or should Mm -hmm. be locked up somewhere. But since the late 60s and early 70s, particularly since 72, the Democrat Party has become a sanctuary for every sort of moral degenerate and social misfit that you can imagine. And I think it is creating what you alluded to earlier, and that is a tension Mm -hmm. between more Old school Democrats. Absolutely. And then the new wave. And this new AOC-led, mm-hmm. squad-led nitwits. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, that hard, godless left AOC wing mm-hmm. has convinced the other ones mm-hmm. that you've got to, to be like us yeah. or you don't have a chance to win. When reality is, it's just the opposite. Yeah, because like you said, there are people who are leaving the Democrat Party because of some of the directions that they're taking. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing behind this walk away movement. One thing I want to talk about real quick. We had an election here on uh, Tuesday night in Wyoming (laughs) with Liz Cheney, and she got taken to the woodshed. Mm -hmm. Now, understand something that the Cheney name in Wyoming is like the Bush name here in Texas. Among rank-and-file, mainstream Republicans, it's gold. There's no way a Cheney should be losing in Wyoming. And not Unless, only did of she, course, they don't like her. They have obviously decided that mm-hmm. they don't. She had all the money. She mm-hmm. had all the name recognition. Mm-hmm. And she got less than 30% of the vote. It's mind-boggling when you think about what happened. Mm-hmm. Basically, what we described in the Democrat Party a minute ago, we have the same thing happen in the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. Except mm-hmm. it's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is 
the Trump wing, let's say, of the Republican Party is not buying into mm-hmm. the traditional Republican. I think what we're seeing is not necessarily a deal of Trump Republicans versus Republicans, but I think this is about getting out the Republican and name only Republicans. You know, people are tired of that. They want to see the words and the actions meeting up. Yeah, and but what I'm saying is there's a 180 degrees opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Republican Party, they're looking at the small numbers mm-hmm. of people like Liz Cheney and saying, we want you out. Mm-hmm. They vote her out. Yeah. Overwhelmingly mm-hmm. vote her out. It's been a long time since I've seen somebody with that sort of money, that sort of name recognition, the daughter of the former vice president of the United States, get beat like a rented mule, so to speak. It was reported online. She indicated that she was considering running for president. Yeah. (laughs) Let me ask you something. What is it with people who can't win the more local elections thinking, you know what? I think I need to run for president. I got a real shot. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't think the math adds up on that one. I don't think Liz Cheney has yet understood what happened here. But she's not the only one who doesn't get it. There was an article that I saw just the other day where Elizabeth Warren basically said or indicated that the reason why she didn't get the nomination for the Democrat Party was because she doesn't have a penis. That was the whole reason. <laughs> and she, she claims that people came up to her and said, I would have voted for you if you had a penis. Yeah, you know she's lying. <laughs> Nobody came up to her and said that. Yeah, Nobody. Twitter's like, said no one ever. <laughs> Did that. I like how she's claiming that the same party that backed Hillary Clinton, which as far as we all know, doesn't have a penis, endorsed her and had her up running against Trump. But suddenly with Elizabeth Warren, oh, that's all that mattered. That's all that mattered. These people are nuts. But I'll tell you what, the nuttier they get, let's do not try to correct them. (laughs) Don't correct Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) Let her think that she's an Indian. You know, (laughs) let her think that she's being denied. Because she's a vagina haver or whatever. <laughs> Let them think that because that'll keep them from winning these elections. Anyway, one of the things that we predicted several years ago, and tell people that mm-hmm. several years ago what happened is, if the Supreme Court overturns abortion mm-hmm. on the basis that it's a state's rights issue, mm-hmm. that what you'd have then is states setting up cottage industries in abortion. Yeah. States like California or Colorado or... And California is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're openly doing it. Yeah, I've got an article that'll be coming out in the next Pro-Life Voice newsletter, which if you have not subscribed, you need to, and I'll put the link to do that in the description, showing you just what California is doing, not just to become an abortion sanctuary, but I believe they're trying to set up abortion tourism as an industry in that state. Oh, yeah, they clearly are. And we told everybody this is what was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And of course... We immediately saw it, for example, here in Texas, Mm -hmm. where abortion is now basically illegal in Texas. Mm -hmm. These abortion mills then all shut down. We don't have any open abortion mills now. And they're moving to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. New Mexico is apparently wanting to be a mecca for abortion. So this is happening, and it's happening all over the country. We know, for example, abortion mill in, I think it was North Dakota, just moved a few miles across the state line into Minnesota to set up shop. So this is going to continue happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But here's another part of it that I wrote about this several years ago, and it's just kind of laid in the background, but I think it's going to become more common or more well-known. And I had a phone call I'll talk about here in a minute with some people confirming this. It's not going to be just other states that do this. Nope. 
it's going to be Mexico and Canada. Mm-hmm. Of course, Canada is already pretty... Canada's uh, already there. Yeah. And now Mexico is. Just recently. Just in the recent months. Mm-hmm. One thing that's happened in Mexico in the abortion issue is, it's just basically the opposite of what's happened here with us overturning Roe. Mm-hmm. And that is that the law in Mexico had already always been that the individual states would decide yeah. what their abortion policy was. And there was a time not long ago when it was 100% of the states in Mexico had said, no, we don't want abortion. Now, I think Mexico City was the first one to fall, which sure. is like the third or fourth largest city in the world. Oh, yeah. It's, it's huge. It's enormous. Yeah. But anyway, now the Mexican Supreme Court has ruled that these states cannot prohibit abortion. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a bill coming up in September of this year that's going to take away the right of Mexican doctors not to do abortions. They will have to do abortions Mm. in Mexico or they will lose their license to practice. Wow. Okay. Now, when we did this story on Life Talk many years ago, I made the point that the person that we were dealing with in Mexico City when this was being fought out down there was saying that when you walk through the capital there, all you saw was these high-dollar, uh, I called them tasseled loafer lawyers, from Washington, D.C. and New York. They were working in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I said, we need to be paying attention to that because what they're doing is the abortion lobby is saying, this is a fallback thing for us. Mm-hmm. If abortion becomes illegal in the United States, we'll just set up abortion clinics all along Mexico, mm-hmm. along the border with the United States. But the problem they had was that those all those states that border the United States and Mexico had outlawed abortion. Yeah. So now they were working to have that changed, mm-hmm. in which they were successful in doing. Yeah, and like I say, I think the timing of this is real suspicious because just as all this stuff is building up in the United States to go to the Supreme Court to hear about the issue of abortion and whether states can regulate, same time, Mexico is having their own abortion battle. But see, what shows me the fingerprints of the American abortion lobby all over this thing Mm -hmm. is this effort that they're going to make now in September, this bill that's coming up. Yeah, saying that they can't refuse. Saying they can't refuse to do them because the American abortion industry knows that that's what's destroying them here in the United States Yeah, is doctors choosing not to participate. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to close that door before it opens in Mexico, and that's what's going on here. Now, I was contacted here last week, I guess, or week before last, by an organization called the Ibero-American Congress for Life. Mm-hmm. And these are Hispanics. They've put a national headquarters in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. They're representing Mexico, and he gave me the name, the list of the other Central and South American countries, mm-hmm. plus Spain. Mm-hmm. And they've now put people on the ground here in the United States, and they're looking for help from American pro-life groups. Which is why they have the base in Washington, D.C., Washington, right? D.C. Well, they called a couple of weeks ago and asked if we could do a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. because they had studied life dynamics and liked the things that we did. Mm-hmm. And so I met with them. We had a, about an hour and a half uh, Zoom meeting, and it went real well. Two of the guys that I was on the phone with uh, were in Washington, D.C., in their Washington, D.C. office. One of them was in Mexico City. And they were telling me all the things that they're mm-hmm. wanting to do and what help they need from us. You know, I, I don't know where this is going to go, where mm-hmm. this is going to lead. But a lot of this information that I've always put out about the threat that Mexico mm-hmm. poses for us, these guys are confirming. Yeah. When I started talking to them about 
my theories about the movers and shakers in the pro-abortion movement in Mexico mm-hmm. are all Americans. Lawyers from New York and Washington, D.C., all three of them started nodding their head. They've seen the same thing. Yeah. And what this is about is plan B mm-hmm. for the abortion industry. If abortion becomes illegal nationwide, they're going to start ringing the U.S. border mm-hmm. right inside the line of Mexico and right inside the line with Canada with freestanding abortion clinics. Yeah. And... I think the possibility is that they're going to do this even if there is not a nationwide ban. For example, let's use Texas for an example. Mm -hmm. If you're in Dallas and you want to have your baby killed, it's closer for you to go to Mexico than it is for you to go to California or New York. Yeah, absolutely. Or even Colorado or New Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a long way from here to New Mexico. But you can be in Mexico, Mexico, just pretty quickly. Yeah. So I wouldn't be at all surprised that one of the things that's on the horizon here is that there'll be abortion mills already, even though abortion's not illegal nationwide. They'll start setting up abortion mills just across the border mm-hmm. in Mexico and in Canada. Mm-hmm. And those would be big draws. Now, what are the signs we can look for? And I'm thinking about, we already got some of the signs. We know this is going on in what's going on in Mexico right now. They don't have to worry about Canada. Canada is further down the track than we are. Yeah. And they've made it clear that they welcome this abortion terrorism out of the United States. Yeah, I think I remember reading something when the Roe leak happened. Canada's like, don't worry. Come to Canada. Come to Canada. Get your abortions here. We'll kill your baby here. Mm-hmm. So Canada's not the big issue. That one's already lost. But this situation in Mexico mm-hmm. is more important because it's on our southern border Mm-hmm. And the southern states are going to be the ones who are more likely to completely end abortion. Yeah. The northern states. You're not going to end abortion in New York, probably no. not in Michigan, Washington state. That's not going to happen. So these states that border Canada are already gone. So they're going to be concentrating on Mexico, which is what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the signs that we can be looking for? I mean, obviously, if we start seeing signs that they're buying land just across the border in Mexico, then that's a pretty good indicator. Of course, how many times are they going to use another company to buy the land to oh, hide they, who's they buying will, it? If they haven't already. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're George Soros or Warren Buffett. Or even Planned Parenthood. But if you're one of those two guys, buying land in Mexico, is that's lunch Easy. money. Yeah. yeah, That's just lunch money for you. But I think the fly in the ointment here might be, and this is something we need to be looking at. Not long ago, before the terrorism problem came up, you didn't have to have a passport to go to Mexico or Canada. No, you can just walk across. You just walk across. If you had any kind of ID, a driver's license or anything, you get back in the United States. Well, you can still go to Mexico or Canada without a passport, but you can't get, get back, back in in the United States. Yeah. The United States requires that you have a passport. Yeah. They changed that rule recently because of the terrorism issue. We better watch the Biden administration mm-hmm. to see if they start trying to reverse that so that you don't have to have a passport to get back into the United States, because that's an indicator mm. that they're working at the behest of the abortion industry. Because Getting a passport is a weeks-long process. Yes. If um, you're trying to go over the country lines just to get an abortion and then come back, I mean, the waiting for a passport is one of those barriers they're going to say to getting yeah, an abortion. And you, and you have to understand that among the socioeconomic group mm-hmm. that has the highest abortion rate in America, most of them do not have passports. They don't travel to France, you know, for the summer vacation or to Italy. They're not in that socioeconomic group, so they don't have passports. So not having a passport is a major hindrance. 
Well, I think a lot of people, unless they have actually gone to another country for one vacation or another, most people don't have passports. Uh, yeah, I don't have a passport. Yeah. I don't need one. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I stay in Texas. This is where I want to be. But anyway, we need to start watching for that. It may come up in an executive order or in some kind of administrative process or something in Congress. And we look at it and say, well, what difference does it make on the abortion issue if somebody can come into the United States without a passport? Well, it might make a tremendous difference. And we need to be watching for those sort of things because that's how the left works. Mm -hmm. They'll find something like that. They'll sneak it in. Something seemingly unconnected. They'll sneak it in before you know what's going on. It'll be a Friday afternoon. Right. Late Friday afternoon thing that happens. And then once it's in, you can't get it out. But anyway, I want people to understand that this has an American component to it. Mm-hmm. We cannot ignore what's happening in Mexico any more than we can ignore what's happening in Canada. And this is a battleground that we need to be fighting on. You just got to remember that the abortion industry is always thinking several steps ahead. And we have to as well. Yeah. Well, and they've got the financial resources. They mm-hmm. can put people on this. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when you've got all these rich eugenicists, mm-hmm. uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. George Soros, Ted Turner, all of these people. Yeah. You look at the money that these people have and the money that they have put into the abortion lobby. What we're talking about here is peanuts mm-hmm. for them. This Stump is change. This is tip money. Yep. We really have to be paying attention on this. And we're going to be working with these people in Mexico. And we're going to have a an exchange with them where they see something that they think we might need to know about. They'll let me know. I see something I think they might need to know about. I let them know. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have this cross-border exchange of ideas. Because if we ignore this situation, what will happen to the pro-life movement if all of a sudden, even if we got a personhood ruling from the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. But there are 15 abortion clinics within five miles of the Mexican border. Yeah. Now what? Now what do you do? The longest border in the world is the border between the United States and Canada. Yeah. That's the longest political border in the world. Mm -hmm. And one of the longest continuous borders is the one between Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California, and Mexico. Yeah. That's a long area. Mm -hmm. They start ringing abortion clinics every say, every 15, 20 miles along there, even if we get a personhood ruling from the Supreme Court, those babies are just going to be killed in Mexico or Canada. So we've got to fight that battle, too. This abortion battle, as I've often said, is like a bad steak. The more you chew it, the bigger it gets. So, <laughs> so that's where we are. But let me point out to people, it's tempting for people to say, wow, this is, I never thought about this. This is overwhelming. We don't have a chance. We've been told, you haven't been, but I've been told for 40 years that I've been at this, overturning roll never happened. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't have happened except for one thing. God said, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Mm -hmm. And this was an example of that. So if Mexico and Canada continue down this trail that we think they're going down, and if that affects the American abortion issue, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Those are still gates into hell. And so don't be discouraged by this. Yeah, the battle changes and the battle gets bigger and and it changes character and so forth. But the fact is that we've been given that promise and we just do our duty. We fight where God puts us. The old saying, you bloom where God plants you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. Anyway, we're out of time. Yep. As usual, you talked on and on. I could barely get a word in edgewise. (laughs) You know me, just always hogging up the airwaves. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. Anyway, that's all we've got. Yep. If you like the show, make sure that you consider supporting Life Dynamics. Your donations helps a number of our projects, including this podcast. 
Well, and we've got projects that we're working on that we're real excited about. Mm-hmm. We can't do them without you. Yep. You know, without your prayer support and without your financial support, we can't do anything. And as always, in the description, we have the link for where you can go to donate. Until next Thursday, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm-mm, we're here to win. Because winning is how this killing will stop. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.